You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 49ers web zone, No Huddle Podcast, partnered with Odyssey. I am Brian Rennick. I am joined by the great Al Sacco. And joining us, moving from the porcelain throne to the podcast throne, uh, Mr. Zane Nackvi. Zane, uh, physically, how are you feeling today, buddy? I can't, I can't believe you use it on air, dude. <laughs> Zane, Zane has Ebola for our listeners there. I don't have Ebola. <laughs> All right. So yeah, I had a little bit of stomach flu. <laughs> but he's Way back. He's fighting through pain. Zane, Zane, did you go on a cruise? Because that's typically where the norovirus just absolutely lives. It's just on cruises. No, but uh, we went to a gathering where like six other people got sick. So um, oh, brutal. It's, yeah, including like my daughter got sick, man. It was it was rough. But oh, yeah, on yikes. the mend. Yeah, uh, feeling good. Uh, feeling a little bit lighter, which is great. Lost some pounds, but damn it, I want to do a podcast intro. Like it's been three weeks since I've done one, and I can't do one unless they win. So they got to win that's this right. week, right? That's right. That's right. It is uh, Zane is our victory. Well, I was gonna say victory Monday, but at the very least, just victory intro. And uh, it's it's been a minute since you've been able to do one. So uh, let's let's hope that uh, that that this week is the week. Uh, but before we preview week eight against the Rams, uh, we were going to have a special guest today. Uh, Jason Aponte of Niners Nations was supposed to join or Niners Nation, excuse me, was supposed to join us. Uh, but he is sick today. So uh, we didn't get Jason. Was, there it is. We didn't get we were, Jason, we were, but we did get Nate, we, we did get Zane back. So we're we're good to go there. Uh, but one of the things we were going to do uh, with Jason and, and, and we will still do it today is kind of take a look at the state of the franchise or at the very least the state of the 2022 season for the 49ers. And. Al, right before we we started talking, you wanted to talk about kind of like the the ups and downs that this season has provided, and uh, I like to use a term, and so I'm going to get you uh, to expound on that. But uh, what we've realized is that the 49ers in this 2022 season, uh, the one thing that they've been for us is emotional terrorists. What do we mean by yeah. that? 
Yeah, and not only in the 2022 season, but I think the Kyle Shanahan era in this past week or so was kind of a perfect example of that because you have like this massive excitement with Christian McCaffrey, right? And I think the fan base was as excited as I can remember about anything. And then then you go to Sunday and all of a sudden it's this massive letdown where it was a really sobering experience where you played, everybody's hoping the Niners are a Super Bowl team. Well, they played a Super Bowl team and they looked like a JV squad versus varsity, frankly. And that's a little bit sobering. So you had this massive letdown. And, you know, it's funny when, when you think back to 2017, right? When Shanahan got hired, everybody's super excited, right? And then they're one in 10 and it's a letdown. But then Jimmy comes in and you're five and oh. And again, there was so much excitement around the franchise. And then they start one and two in 2018 and he blows out his ACL and it's a lost season. But we draft Nick Bosa in 2019 was this great year and they're going to win the Super Bowl, right? They're up by 10 in the fourth quarter and they lost the Super Bowl. But it's okay because there's going to be a revenge tour and the, the, we got the team coming back and then everybody gets hurt in your six and 10. But that's okay. They're looking at Watson and Stafford and they're going to bring in Trey Lance and there's just going to be a whole new quarterback and a better team. And then we get Jimmy again for a year. And they make a run, but it's the result we all kind of thought it would be. They fell short. So it's super excitement to massive disappointment, and it just keeps going and going and going and going. And maybe Rams week, maybe we get some more excitement, only maybe to be let down again. So that's just kind of where we are right now. And I think um, before I even told Brian I wanted to talk about this, he, he used the term emotional terrorism. And I, <laughs> that's how I feel. I, I feel emotionally terrorized right now. Man, if you think about it, like the, the 49ers are like the Jimmy Garoppolo of teams, aren't they? Just just the wild ups and downs, right? Just roller coaster. They're literally the Jimmy Garoppolo of teams, right? Like sometimes they'll give you hope and you're like, hey, we may have something here. And then other times they just do crushing things to you, right? But I, I wanna I wanna talk about last season a little bit. And the Niners, if if they lose, I don't know if they're gonna lose on Sunday, but if they do lose, they're three and five going into the bye. Same exact point they were last <sighs> year. And that's kind of hard to reconcile knowing the roster that they have right now and knowing that they probably should have won several of the games that they have lost. Like the chiefs game. Fine. Like we, all three of us, like, well, I mean, Brian, you, you picked the, you picked the Niners to win, but like Al and I, <laughs> I think, I think you went through your heart, but in your mind, in your mind, like you probably knew that like it was, it was going to be a tough sell. Right. So we knew that they probably weren't going to beat the chiefs, but all of the other losses that they've had were, they're all winnable games. They, they're teams that should, they should have beat. And to be sitting even like one game above what you were last year at the bye. And last year was a, was a total train wreck before the bye. They were awful last year. I think that we should probably understand that like they need to win this game more for a psychological sense, because if they are sitting at three and five after all, you know, the talent that have added and everybody that's come back and the talented roster that they have this year and the potential that they've shown on defense specifically, to be stuck at three and five would be a major letdown. So I think that it's not a must win because the NFC is just just hot garbage this year and nobody's separating themselves besides the <laughs> Eagles who keep making trades, by the way. Like Robert Quinn, like I mean, they're just they're just loading up, right? Like it's unbelievable. But nobody's really separating themselves outside of outside of a couple of teams at the top and especially in this division. But I really think psychologically they need to win this game because going into the bye, you have you can get healthier, you have guys coming back. Jason Brett was activated from PUP this week. He's he's going to be hopefully with the team for the rest of the season. Jimmy Ward is going to be moving to a new spot. We'll talk about that a little bit. But I just, I don't know. I don't know if it's a must win, 
but it's a very, very nice to have win if they can. Yeah, it's definitely um, <laughs> three and five is not is not where you want to be. Three and four is not where you want to be. Let's be perfectly honest. And I realized uh, somebody tweeted out or somebody asked on Twitter yesterday, like, what are you in terms of like your 49ers predictions this season? And I realized that I'm three and four, just like the 49ers. And I was like, man, such a homer. Because what that means is I've picked the 49ers in every game so far this season. So obviously I expected them to go undefeated at this point, uh, but they have not as, as we know, but you know, I also had a bit of a revelation as we were talking about, you know, you said Jimmy Gar- or the 49ers are the Jimmy Garoppolo of franchises. I'm pretty certain in an episode like last episode, or maybe one before we talked about how Kyle Shanahan is the Jimmy Garoppolo of head coaches. And the revelation yeah. I had is maybe, maybe what it is is, you are whatever your quarterback is. And if your quarterback is that, then that's what you are as a team. And honestly, that's what you are as a coach. And so, you know, I, I know that, that Al and I had a fair amount of uh, ire to point at Shanahan's way uh, this past Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I think, I, I genuinely think that part of it is just simply that he just doesn't have the quarterback that he wants or needs uh, to run this offense to the level that, that, that he wants to. And so it, it feels like these offensive woes have a lot more to do with him. I'll say um, just not knowing how to call the game with, with a guy that he can't trust. And, and it's obvious that he doesn't now, what I don't understand is he spent an entire season doing it last year. So why, why is this season so much different? But I'm not sure. Uh, But I do know this. I do know this. The 49ers, have historically under Kyle Shanahan been a second half team and patterns and trends. They are what they are. I don't want to hang my hat on, on that, on that idea that they are a second half team in the season. They are not a second half team in games, uh, or at least again, not this season, but this, this to end this, this, what, what I would consider a nightmare stretch to start the season with a victory over the Rams to go into the bye with some good vibes, right? As, as hopefully, you know, Christian McCaffrey has a great game. I assume that he's going to be a large part of the game plan. Hopefully the, the defense kind of writes the ship a little bit, which they tend to always do against this Rams team. Like just going into the bye with just a little bit of goodwill, I think will go a long way for this team as we gear up for what is hopefully a, a playoff run. Zane, I got to disagree with you with the, the NFC is hot garbage. We talked about it on the last show. I went through the um, playoff teams. The Giants are winning 10 games. The Giants have Detroit. The Giants have Washington twice, and they have Houston, I believe. Um, Dallas, I think, is good enough where they're going to win 10 games. So I think the Niners have to win the division. That's that's where I'm going right now. I, I don't know that – I don't think 9-8 and is going to get a playoff spot. I don't know if 10 and seven will either. It depends on tiebreakers and things like that. So I do think they have to win a division. And Brian, to your point a little bit where I, I, again, I just have to disagree a little bit is yeah. Quarterback's very important, but does Brian Dable have the quarterback he wants? He's six and one. Good Did point. Mike McCarthy have Dak Prescott? They're, they're five and two, you know, and, and again, the, the, the quarterback is important and you're not going to win long-term without one, obviously. But I think one of my, and look, we did, we talked about Shanham at nauseum. Just one of the excuses that's always there. Well, he's got, he played with a backup quarterback. 
Okay. Well, other teams do too, or other teams don't have the QB that they need to. And I'm not saying he should go 11 and five or 11 and six now, whatever, with a backup quarterback, but they're atrocious. It's like, what is it? Seven and 30 or whatever the hell it is. So it's like one of those things too. Again, it just goes back to like, if you're the offensive genius, why is nothing translating? Why is nothing being coached up on the field? Yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled you're scheming everything up. Why is everything, why is our things are not working on the field? So I'm just to the point in, in, again, maybe it's the New York fan in me, you know, the Yankees, for those of you guys who don't pay attention, right. Or, you know, to East coast stuff. Um, the Yankees just made the ALCS and Yankee fans literally want everyone fired. It's just kind of, I don't know. It's kind of, the mindset <laughs> here, I, guess. I don't know if it's different, but that's kind of where I am with Shanahan. Like, look, I understand there's been excuses and a lot of them are very valid. I understand there's been injuries. I understand there's been issues, but where I am with you right now with Kyle, I'm tired of the inconsistencies. You have a terrific roster. If you're that great of an offensive coach, it should translate to the field a little bit more than it has. So I'm done with the excuses. I want to see results. It's where I'm at. I want the to see thing, a playoff this year. And yeah. if you didn't do it, then next year, you know what? You're on the hot seat. If you don't do it next year, we're on to the next coach. That's kind of where I am with it right now. I also I also bristle when when you when people defend him by saying, well, but what about the quarterbacks? And 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 my response to that is, who's responsible for bringing the quarterbacks in? There who's responsible right. for choosing right. who plays quarterback? It's Kyle right. Shanahan. It's Kyle Shanahan. And so, yeah, sure. Has he has has he had to play with a lot of backup quarterbacks? Absolutely. I mean, you could argue that, you know, he hasn't had a a, a he hasn't had a QB that isn't a QB two, right? Even with Jimmy Garoppolo playing, and that's a little shade, but. It is what it is. But Kyle Shanahan is the one that picks quarterbacks. Also, who's responsible for coaching up those quarterbacks? Who's responsible for picking the coach who coaches up those quarterbacks? So, you know, I, I, there isn't a business on this planet that if if it if it underperforms uh, profit-wise that, you know, a CEO gets six years and then each year is, yeah, but what about this? Yeah, but what about this? No, they get fired. They get fired. And this is a money-making business. Let's not front on that. That's what a football team is. It's a money-making endeavor. And so, you know, I think he's had more than enough uh, chances to. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply you know, to, to kind of prove himself. And, and I don't know that, I don't know that he has now, again, the argument will be, well, he took a team to the super bowl. They've been to two NFC championship games. Sure. I, you're right. They have, but what, what about the seasons when they didn't do that? Right. Th those are two seasons. We're in year six, right? What did they do outside of that? 
that's great. But also, and then also, did they did they win those games? They won one NFC Championship game, and we will probably celebrate that in what 20, <laughs> it's 2029, right? That's but, uh, relevant shade. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then hang, be... we only hang Super Bowl banners here, right? Isn't that what and then. Mike Holmgren's grandson will be coaching the team and then they'll bring back Kyle and then we'll have the same debate on whatever social media platform. Like who was the better coach? <laughs> yeah. Ned, Ned Holmgren or, or Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, whatever. Years from now, whatever the hell. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's just, you know, but this is just the first time we talked about it last show too. I just think people are genuinely fans are genuinely frustrated and it's okay. Like, I feel like, if, if you are a fan and you want to see, you expect teams to win Super Bowls. And I feel like you're a 49ers fan. You should hold them to, the, to that expectation, even though it's been a while. So it's okay to be frustrated and it's okay to um, demand more. And I think, you know, a lot of people want to say, who would you hire to replace him? We're not saying we want him fired right now. Is that what I'm saying? We're saying that you need to, right. we need results right now. And in terms of, you know, you have to see who comes up in, in hiring cycles and things like that. Nobody was talking about Nick Sirianni a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Dable's been a hot name for a year or two, but you know, three years ago, things you know, guys come up. There are other coaches out there, and that's the thing. It's like everybody's like, "Well, another thing that gets to me is when people say, well, you remember what it was like before Kyle? Well, I remember what it was like with Walsh and Seifert and Mariucci. I remember, I remember that. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like it's the end all be all because you had bad coaches for a little while. I remember what it was like with Harbaugh. The Niners have had more good. I know it's it, there was a bad bunch in there, but over the last forty years, the Niners have had five good coaches they really have and they've maybe had six bad ones but if he's not getting it done like bill parcells you are what you are and right now this is a great roster that's underachieving and if they continue i'm not saying they're going to they could win the super bowl this year i don't know it could change but if they continue to underachieve yes the conversation has to be had going into next season that it's kind of a do or die year for him in my opinion but like zane you said it, it's a different year but they were three and five last year they did change it around could they do it again this year? We'll see. I think it's going to be harder to get in the playoffs, even though maybe the NFC isn't as good, if that makes sense, because the records, I think, are going to be better. Yeah. And, and that's also that, not front. This is a better team this year than last year. 100%. They are. Yeah. They're, they're a much better team this year. Overall, from, from top to bottom, they're a much better team. But I, I do want to caution by saying this, that everybody points to last year and the turnaround in the second half. It's like a lot had to go right for them to be able to, to pull that off, right? Like you had it. You had a game against Dallas where basically your defense locked them up and, and just held on by the skin of your teeth because Dak Prescott ran the ball when he should have thrown it at the end. And then you had that blocked uh, punt for a touchdown in Green Bay uh, that got you to the championship game. So I, I think that the the theme, though, is here that that if you just get into the tournament, anything can happen. And I think that that's what the goal should be, Alec. I, I really agree mm-hmm. with that, that just make the playoffs and then we'll see what happens because we know, we know they're not going to be a top seed this year. We know that, right? They're too far back at this right. point. But they can still get a home game with the division win, and that's how they're going to have to win the win, uh, get in the playoffs. I mean, right now Seattle sitting up top. I don't believe in Seattle. I just think that that's kind of a kind of an aberration over there. But I will say this, and people will flame me for this, and I'll probably flame myself because I hate Pete Carroll. But look at the job <laughs> Pete Carroll has done in Seattle. Look at what he's done up there with Geno All Smith, who's been. Exactly. Just a, like a roster that nobody said anything about. We were talking about the roster as one of the, the, the more poor rosters in the league, like a bottom 10 roster. He has got them playing their asses off up there. They just beat the Chargers. They, they just mollywop the Chargers in L.A. And the Chargers are a good football team. And they just absolutely stomped them. 
And they're leading the division now. I don't think they're going to stay there because I just don't think that they'll have the ability to keep it up through the season. But at this point, they're competitive. They play hard. They limit their mistakes. And they capitalize on opportunities from the other team. Like, And this is what Pete Carroll has always done. This is how they got good in the first place. And, and my question to you guys is that if you swapped – I'm not saying we should fire Kyle Shanahan, right? But I'm just saying, just for example, purposes. If we swapped Pete Carroll and Kyle Shanahan and put – Pete Carroll in charge of this team, what would they be? Like, what would they what be? What would their record be right now? Yeah, what would their record be right now? Great point. I think he's a better. I problem. think they'd, I would say, I think they'd have no more than two losses. Right. So if I that. think that, like, and look, Pete Carroll's, like you said, Pete Carroll's a Hall of Fame coach. Those, those guys don't grow on trees, right? But that being said, I think that there's nothing wrong with asking more out of a head coach that's supposed to be a genius, right? At some point, you will have to, the, the advantage that Kyle Shanahan provides has to start showing itself offensively. And the whole quarterback thing, like I know we talked about it a little, you know, a while back right now, but like that, that is his responsibility too. Whenever I hear about Kyle Shanahan, it's about like, oh, play calling, offensive mind. This, that's not his only job. He's not an offensive coordinator. He is the head coach. Mm-hmm. It is his strategy. He is, like you said, the CEO of this, of this group, on the, the on-field CEO. I'm not talking about the 49ers entity. He's the CEO of what happens on the field, meaning he's in charge of the strategy, the correction, the course correction when people mess up. He's in charge of the game plan, what, how he wants the game to flow. He's in charge of the roster in terms of who he wants active. He's in charge of all of that stuff. And if he's not and they're, they're struggling, then that's a problem. Then you need somebody who will take charge and fix those things. And I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying Kyle should be fired, but I'm saying that this is what I want to see out of him in year six. And if he's not that guy, Al, like you said, like next year, it sucks because that'll be Trey's first full year as a starter, and he's going to have his up and downs. And if they don't do well next year, then he's firmly on the hot seat. I, I truly believe that, regardless yeah. of what they do this year, if they don't win the if they don't win the Super Bowl this year. And for people who who you know, Brian, you said two losses. If people are like, oh well, how do you figure that? Well, here's how you figure that. If you look at the Niners' four losses, they were pretty much in these games or close to it going into the second half, right? Is that fair to say for the four losses? Or even going into the fourth, or even going into the fourth quarter, right in these games, and this is from Nick Nick Wagoner, the 49ers second half this season, they're negative thirty three in second half scoring, twenty eighth in the NFL, seven second half turnovers, fourth most, turnover margin of negative five, second worst, six point five seven offensive points, twenty sixth in the NFL, and an offensive EPA of negative eighteen oh seven, twenty eighth in the NFL. So once they get kind of get past those those scripted plays and adjustments are made after halftime. This team is shitting the bed. Who's who does that fall on the coaching? Right. I mean, I I don't know how, where else you could put it. And it's, it's happened consistently this season in the second half, they're shitting the bed and they're losing because of it. Something again, there's a disconnect somewhere. Yeah. And not only that, but this team is consistently one of the most injured. This team is consistently one of the most penalized. This team is consistently one of the most inconsistent. And that is all that all points to coaching. As Herm Edwards said, you're either coaching it or you're allowing it to happen, right? When it comes to those penalties, you're either coaching it or you're allowing it to happen. And so again, we're not, we're not saying like we would like to see Kyle Shanahan fired midseason. Not what we're saying. I don't even want to see him fired after this season. What we're saying is. I would, I would really like to see Kyle Shanahan get better. And just mm-hmm. like his quarterback, I don't know that he has 
since being here, right? Has his game in-game management gotten better? Has his, uh, you know, has his red zone offense gotten better? Has his uh, game management gotten better? Like all these things, all these little things, right? And so it, again, like Zane said, Kyle Shanahan is not the offensive coordinator. He is the head coach. And I know that he probably spends a lot of his time coordinating this offense, game planning, things of that nature. And maybe part of the problem is he started to allow that to happen a little bit more with Mike McDaniel and uh, Mike uh, LaFleur, right? Handed a lot of that game planning off to those guys. And now both those guys are gone. So maybe he's tried to, to, or maybe he's had to pick up the slack there. And that's part of why we see some of what we see this season, but I mean, the, the reality is, is you, you, and Al said it earlier, Bill Parcells, you are what your record says you are. And right now this team is a losing team. They're three and four, right? Can they write the ship? Here's what I wanted to do before we move on to previewing. Uh, we kind of talked about the playoff picture, right? And, and honestly, it's not even too soon to talk about it because like you said, Al, it really, really looks like three teams are coming out of the NFC East, which means that there's going to be one wild card available to the South, the North and the West, which makes it even more imperative that, that this team wins, uh, you know, wins the, uh, wins the West. And so um, let's look at uh, the schedule moving forward. Um, and so here we are. Right. This is this is where this is where we're at. Okay. Let me let me zoom in a little bit just because I see for our uh our watchers. We're going into week eight, right? We're at at LA and then we've got a buy. So really the season starts week 10, right? The push for the playoff starts week 10. In you've best got a case home scenario, game. you'll be 500 when that starts. Right. Uh, yeah. Best case scenario, you go into that week 10 matchup against the Chargers at four and four. You play the Chargers at home. You go to Mexico City to play the Cardinals. You come home to play the Saints. You actually get a three-game, uh, a three-home game stretch there. Saints, Dolphins, Bucks. You travel up to Seattle, home for the Commanders, off to Vegas against the Raiders, and then home week 18 against the Cardinals. Now, again, this team isn't one where you want to go, that's a win, that's a win, that's a loss, that's a win. We have no idea at this point, right? They haven't been consistent enough for us to even to even gauge that. But on that schedule that you're looking at, and Zane, you said it earlier about the Chargers. I, I feel like the Chargers are the AFC version of the 49ers. Just incredibly yeah. talented and super underperforming. The only yeah. difference is, is they've got a significantly better guy under center than the 49ers do. And so why are they, Brian, why are they underperforming coaching coaching? And for sure. They're hurt too. Yeah. And injuries, yeah. coaching and, and injuries, hurts, so. right? Again, the, 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 the 49ers of the AFC, the yep. LA chargers. Uh, why? Cause they left San Diego and they got cursed just like the 49ers left San Francisco and they got cursed <laughs> regardless, <laughs> regardless. You do look at this and you go, okay, Cardinals not playing well. Kind of a dysfunctional team right now, although they did win their Thursday night matchup uh, against uh, who they play last Thursday. They beat the Saints. The Saints. Thursday. That's right. The Saints. Uh, the Saints aren't looking great. The Dolphins. It's hard to know. They've looked okay, right? They're they're kind of hit or miss. Uh, don't know what's going on with the Bucks. 
but it's hard to bet against Tom Brady. Uh, that Seahawks game in Seattle is always going to be difficult. The Commanders, not a great team. The Raiders, we'll see where they're at then. And then, and then again, the Cardinals. And so you know, we're really talking about for those final, those final nine games, if, if they need, if they need 10 wins, if they need 10 wins to, to, to win the West or to make the playoffs, they got to go six and three. They got to yeah. go six and three. And arguably you could say maybe they need 11. Then they got to go seven and two, which is exactly what they did last Last season, they went seven and two over their last nine. Do you see six what? for sure wins on on that schedule after the bye? Assuming they win at the Rams, I just don't trust them week to week at all. Like right. Ryan, I don't know what to expect. You know, yeah. I, I thought the Falcons were going to be a win. I thought the Bears were going to be a win. I would say there's no way they're going to yeah. lose those games when they started the season. But here we are. But you know, of, like, but all that aside, just roster talent wise. There's really only two teams there that match up with them, and that's the Chargers and the Bucks. <clears throat> Every other team, in terms of roster talent, doesn't hold a candle to what the 49ers have. So technically, those are games that they should be winning. Now, will they? I I don't know. That's the yeah. problem right now. I mean, we have you no could idea. tell me you could sell me that the Cardinals will beat them. They beat them last year. You could sell me that Miami will beat them. You could sell me the Bucks eventually get it together and beat them. You could tell me mm -hmm. Seattle is going to beat them. You know, I think right now New Orleans and Washington, I would say, are wins. Raiders, yeah, I guess you never know. They're uh, running yeah, the ball I mean, really well right now. Yeah, they really are. So it's like, mm -hmm. as much as I don't like Josh McDaniels, they do look better. And as they get used to a system, they may get better as the season rolls mm -hmm. on. So, I, yeah, I can't look at any of these games and other than maybe the Saints and the, and the Commanders and say, yeah, they, they'll probably definitely win those games. Not the way they're playing. Yeah, you hope coming off a bye, going, you know, playing the Chargers that they're that they're going to look good. Well, you hope McCaffrey becomes a huge weapon as the season goes on. We'll see, but it's like, yeah, it's a little scary to me right now. It is. It's it's, yeah. it's definitely scary. And I hate that. I hate that we can't, you know, have a good idea of what they're going to be doing and what the potential. Well, I mean, we don't know what the potential is, but what they're going to be doing. And I remember with Jim you know the funniest thing is is that like Jim Harbaugh was in the stands for the game against Kansas City that was just so funny to me I'm just like <laughs> and 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 uh probably like a funny moment for him too because I mean he is the the last really great coach that they had I mean there's no there's no doubting that and when you look at his tenure here you saw them going game in and game out and you're like all right they're going to have a chance in every single game because they were consistent. And yeah, there were games where they, they lost, especially in the, in the fourth year. The fourth year was kind of lost season because they, the management and Trent Baalke torpedoed that. But, you know, I can point to a couple losses, even in uh, 2012, I believe, when they lost to the Giants in the championship game rematch here in Candlestick. And it was just like they got trounced by the Giants and, and we're like, how the hell did that happen? I mean, mm -hmm. he had those games too. And even Kyle, like in, in 2019, like he had like a really great stretch of games and then they go and lose to the Falcons near the end of the season. That and that and that causes them to have to win in Seattle to win the division. So it seems like all of these silly losses, like they've come in like a larger bunch in earlier this year. And it's just it's just kind of troubling to me because it's like, okay, well, if you're already looking like that, then what's the end of the season gonna look like? Both in that and in health, too. Um and I agree, it does, it does kind of 
we, we had a comment that it sucks that we don't know this late in the season what the team is going to do. And it is frustrating as a fan. You know, we're not in the building. We're, we're outsiders looking, you know, looking in. And for us, we have to create content and we talk about this. And some of y'all might not like the, the skepticism that we have, but like it's coming from a place that we just don't know what this team is right now. Uh, like you guys said, like they're a 500 team. You're, you are what your record says you are. And they're a 500 team right now. And that's not good enough to make it to the playoffs. And with yeah. roster talent, with the roster talent that they have, that we shouldn't we shouldn't have to be this unsure, right? Uh, Mike Finn, uh, who is a, a prominent on, on Niners Twitter, he's Ice Cream Judas. He said this uh, earlier today. I hate not being able to be confident in the Niners. It's infuriating. This team is too good to be wishy wishy washy about them. But here I am. Can't say anything because I can't trust them. And that's that's the reality that we're in right now. And it is. It's frustrating as a fan, right? It's like. You, you you go into each week not I would I would love to go into each week confident right wouldn't that be great you know and and as a Chiefs fan I imagine that's the case as a Bills fan I imagine that's the case shoot as an Eagles fan this year I bet you that's the case mm-hmm. and again with the level of talent this team has this should be the case for 49ers fans and it's not and that is that's an issue and as we go into this game this is two really disappointing teams so far the rams are second to last in the nfl in points scored in total points i mean that's kind of mind-boggling when you think the super bowl champions and the story for them for both these teams the rams have the fourth most turnovers in the nfl at 13 and the niners are tied for fifth at 12. the rams are negative five in turnover differential and the 49ers are negative three now the difference in their last three regular season meetings uh that's the stafford era Basically, the Niners are three and zero, and they're plus four in the turnover department, and they have two defensive touchdowns. So that's been a big difference for them. Um, but with this team, also like, let's see, it's both of these offenses that are underperforming. The Rams and the Niners have thrown for fifteen t- TD passes and fourteen picks combined this season. The Niners are six and four, and the Rams are six and eight. It's really bad. Um, they rank nineteenth and thirty first in points scored, respectively. And the Rams have played. Well, the Rams have only played the six games. Like I said, only Denver scored fewer points. The Niners are averaging twenty point seven points per game, and the Rams seventeen point three right now. And the Rams are coming off the bye. They're three and two under under McVay after the bye. They lost to Pittsburgh in two thousand and nineteen and Green Bay in two thousand and twenty, both on the road. So we'll see. The Niners have won the last seven games, uh, except the one that counted in the NFC Championship game. They won the last um, seven regular season games. And we'll see that's got to end eventually, but the Rams have also kind of been a cure all for them. So it's a massive game. There may be no Debo. Debo did not practice. We're recording this on a Thursday. There may be no Jawan Jennings. There's going to be no Eric Armstead. You have Jimmy Ward playing nickel, which has kind of been a thing. I don't know if we sounded too happy about that. So we got to see the Niners may not be whole in this game. So it may not be your, your average, you know, whoop up on the Rams to get healthy again. You know, yeah, it's interesting. That, you pointed out. Oh, go ahead, Zane. I was going to say, you pointed out those those offenses, right? Denver and L.A., the, the lowest scoring offense. 49ers only scoring 20 points a game. I'd be interested to know what the Packers are. I don't think it's much higher than that. These Kyle Shanahan offenses are woefully underperforming this season, and it genuinely feels like defenses have figured out how to stop these offenses and these offenses have not figured out how to adapt and 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 throw something else, right? It's like this these teams have 
an a, a wipeout slider, uh, but they have figured out how to hit that slider, and now they don't have any other, you know, they don't have any other pitch to try and get them out. So the Rams are coming off a bye. I would imagine that they've tried to figure that kind of stuff out. Um, but yeah, it's it it is an interesting and troubling trend for for these offenses. Also, it's going to be a game where the Rams don't even try to throw the ball. They're 32nd in league in rushing attempts, right? They're, they're last in league, so they don't even try to throw the ball. So run having ball. Jimmy Ward – or sorry, this is 32nd of rushing. They, yeah. they only try to run the ball, so they're going to be throwing the ball. So having uh, Jimmy Ward play slot with the club on his hand, I mean, look, he was a he was a top 100, 100 player last year when he played safety. And, and I like that Tashawn Gibson is, is a really good player, and, and I really like him a lot, but, like, if you're going to – you're going to play Jimmy Ward. Like, I, I really believe that you should play him at safety. However, I want to counter my own point by saying that a couple of years ago, before they opened SoFi, the last year in the, the Coliseum, when they played, uh, Jimmy Ward was just on Cooper Cup the entire game. Do you guys remember that? He was on Cooper mm-hmm. Cup the entire game and locked him yeah. up, right? And he came up with a game-saving sort of break pass breakup. Uh, granted, that was when Jared Goff was, was quarterback, so the quarterback situation was much, much different there. But I understand what they're trying to do because they're trying to take their best player away by putting – you know, the, the 49ers, one of their best defensive backs, arguably their best defensive back on uh, on their best player. But that being said, they if they turn the ball over like they have been, you can't win games like that. When you are constantly behind in turnover margin, you are giving the other opportunity, the team, the other team opportunities, extra opportunities to score. And it's not going to take a perfect game to beat the Rams, but I think that, if they end up turning the ball over three or four times, like they did against Kansas city, they're not going to win because their defense is not, they're, they're injured. They're, they're hurt. Like they're not built to overcome that right now because of those injuries. So I, I don't know, like in terms of who I really think will win this game, I hope the Niners will win. Right. But they're just so hard to predict. Also really quickly talking about the idea of offenses or defenses catching up to uh, Kyle Shanahan's uh, scheme around the league. Going back to last game, I know we, I know we argued that the, the the wrap up show for last week, but uh, did you guys notice that the way that Kansas City played that that second half, Steve Spagnolo on defense, Steve Spagnolo brought the blitz almost on every single passing attempt, and that's the exact same way they played the entire fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, and they still had no answer for it. And to me, it's like they they got to evolve as an offense overall, right? Like you got to. It's been three years, three years that you had to figure that out, and you still haven't been able to do that. So. That's what troubles me with this offense is like, all right, cool. They're, they may try the same stuff that's worked against the Rams, but the Rams may be ready for it because the offense just – it doesn't evolve and it hasn't evolved. So I'm optimistic that they can win if they can limit the turnovers and control the clock and get the running going, running game going with McCaffrey. He's going to get a, basically a, a boatload of carries this game. He's taking a lot of first-team reps in practice. Uh, it's been reported. So they, they are looking at using him more than the nine plays that they used him last week against Kansas City. But that being said, like they have to capitalize on that too. And and what I want to see is I want to see him on the field when they're near the goal line, right? Like like the Jimmy interception was stupid as hell, right? That was that was just a, a terrible, a terrible decision by him. But even to have Chris, Christian McCaffrey out there, even as like a decoy to draw coverage, it'll open somebody else up, right? It'll give a look that they haven't seen before. I don't want him out, I don't want him off the field in situations like that, right? Like it, it wouldn't prevent the interception, right? That's not what I'm getting at. But what I'm saying is that to have him on the field is a plus for you. So I want him on the field, even if he's not getting the ball, put him on the field, 
draw some tension, draw some coverage. The defense has to account for him. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, the, oh, go, go ahead, Brian. Go ahead, Al. I was going to say a couple other things to look at. Yeah, the Rams have not been running the ball well, but I, I wish I, rem- I knew who put this stat up. I just happened to see it. I give them credit if I knew. But in the three games Eric Arms has played, the Niners have allowed 64 rushing yards this season and one rushing touchdown. The four games he has not, 111 yards rushing and six rushing TDs, and he's still really banged up. So we'll have to see what happens there. The other thing is, I don't know when Armstead's coming back. I'm starting to get worried about that, that injury. The other thing is the Niners spent all this, uh, you know, Oren Burks and Ray Ray McLeod trying to get special teams better this offseason, right? Well, they've allowed three returns of 45-plus yards the last three weeks. They have not looked good to special teams at all. So yeah. that's yeah. that's something that worries me a little bit, too, in a game like this that could be close. It wasn't the last. As much as the Niners dominated the last game, it was still a one-score game late. If there's a special teams turnover, if the Rams break a big return, something like that can change the game. So, you know, the Niners not being good in all three phases or being sloppy or inconsistent in all three phases, that can eventually turn the game around. And that worries me a little bit, too. The 49ers were ranked 26th in DVOA and special teams at the end of 2021. They fired Richard Hightower. They brought in Brian Schneider and they spent money in free agency on three players that were eyed almost exclusively for special teams in Ray Ray McLeod. Oren Burks and George Odom, all of that upheaval, all of that change. Richard Hightower went to Chicago. Chicago has the fifth ranked special teams by DVOA and the 49ers are still 26th this season. Yikes. Like you put, you put a lot of effort into changing that and it didn't do anything. And I, there are certain things about this special teams unit where I'm like, I don't understand. Like why is a Robbie gold on kickoffs? And B, why aren't you just kicking out of the back of the end zone? If your kickoff coverage has proven to suck, which it has, uh, stop kicking it short. Just stop. <laughs> like, I don't feel like it's that difficult. Also, you almost got Robbie Gold injured. Get which, get Mitch back out there, right? The, the guy who played rugby, let him tackle a few guys, but also let him kick it out of the back of the end zone. Like, what are we doing? Why do we, why do we continue to run up, you know, slam our head against the wall doing the same thing over and over if it's showing that it's not working? The the yeah. the that stat that you talked about, Al, uh, that was Akash. Akash put that up uh, about oh, okay. Armstead's okay. yeah Armstead's uh, presence versus his his absence. And yeah, I mean he it's is he stat. seems to be seems to be the key to to their to their run defense. And he won't he won't be back. But here's the thing, like Zane said earlier, the Rams basically don't even try and run the football anymore. You know they've got Cam Akers but they're trying to trade him and he doesn't practice with the team. And then they've got, I think Henderson and that's, that's about it. Um, so it'll be interesting, but they've also had two weeks to, to try and, and, and get it figured out. So the, the thing that I think is interesting about this offense and, and, and people like to point to the offensive line, people pointed to the offensive line as one of the things that will hold this, this offense back. Through seven weeks, the 49ers offensive line is the fifth-ranked pass blocking unit by PFF in, in the entire NFL. Uh, the Eagles are one. Herein lies the rub. They are the 19th-ranked run-blocking offensive line, which is bonkers because it's always been flipped since Kyle Shanahan has been here. So I think, ultimately, you're looking at what amounts to probably one of the big reasons why this offense is so disjointed right now 
the offensive line is not run blocking like they should be. And the run game has suffered because of it. And when the run game suffers, so does the entire offense because the offense is built around that run game. And so what I am looking for specifically is that with, with Christian McCaffrey, right? The, the Rams, the Rams do a lot to defend the outside zone. They love to run uh, uh, an over front, right? They like to have six guys on the, uh, on the line uh, to defend the, the wide zone. And I think speed has been what has been missing in the wide zone for the 49ers offense since Elijah Mitchell went out. Now you've got McCaffrey, you could run it again, but, but the Rams are going to be key to stop it. So what I'm interested to see is what kind of running game they get with Christian McCaffrey. Do they try and just hammer that outside zone, even though they know that LA is, is looking to defend it. And then let's get Christian McCaffrey some touches in the passing game as well. Uh, two weeks ago, the Panthers played the Rams and McCaffrey had 158 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. I, I would love to see something similar from him in this game. The other thing that I, I'm hoping to see, and, and I don't know that we'll see it this week because I don't know that Debo is going to be playing, but I would love to start to see some more two back sets with Debo and McCaffrey lined up in the backfield, right? Either one of them can take the handoff. Either one of them can go in on a route. Both of them can go out on a route. And then also once Juice gets back, so they'll be missing Kyle Juszczyk this game. What does that look like? Uh, do we see yeah, Ross Dwelly? Totally forgot about Juszczyk. Yeah. Yep. Do we see Ross yep. Dwelly? Probably. Do we see Charlie Warner? Both. I don't know. Do we see more two back sets with two running backs as opposed to a fullback? It'll be interesting to see. But when Juice does come back, I would also like to see now that McCaffrey's on the team, you know, uh, Juice motioning out of like 21 personnel, right? So 21 is two running backs, a tight end, right? Um, so the 49ers, when they run 21, almost exclusively run it with Kyle Juszczyk at fullback and then uh, a running back. I would like to see Juszczyk motion out and Debo motion in, right? Now all of a sudden you've got mismatches everywhere. So I think I think Kyle Shanahan is 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 excited to play with his new toy. I just don't think we're going to see as much of it this week. It's I think it's going to be a pretty vanilla game plan when it comes to McCaffrey in this offense. But once you get past that by, it'll be interesting to see kind of how he how he employs or deploys him. Man, so many yeah. injuries. I forgot about use check. It's like who isn't yeah. injured? <laughs> you know, right? Jason Poe. I want to see Jason Poe in the backfield. I want to see Jason Man, fullback. Fullback Jason Poe is is an absolute dream of mine. Like I'm, I Put cannot wait to see that happen. I saw that tweet here, so that's a shout out to your tweet, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but you know, you know, the running game guys. Like what, what the biggest the biggest difference is the interior line positions are all different. I mean, Aaron Banks has been fantastic, by the way. Burford has been okay too, but the center position, Brendel has not been very good. Like he no. has, he has constantly gotten, he has not been very good at all. And I'll put a stat out that I saw on Twitter uh, from Johnny Dow's Johnny Dow's FA. So the 49ers since 2019 with Weston Richburg, they were 11 and two. And without him, they were 20, 23 and 23. And I'm not saying it's his responsibility, his, his, you know, departure that has caused that, that record because a lot of other things happen. But when you have a good center and you have uh, a good, person to kind of like making the calls at the line and, and the guy that's that the anchor of your line it changes everything like remember the Niners with Harbaugh had Jonathan Goodwin right and he was he was a fantastic mm -hmm. pickup for that line it was really important and you know the Niners of the 80s and of Walsh and all this stuff center was center was an emphasis for them and Kyle just hasn't emphasized that like I'd even argue that you you would put Brunskill at center and he would do better than Brendel right and yet they haven't so 
that is to me like one of the reasons why they haven't they haven't been able to run the ball well. So, anyways, we got to make predictions, guys. What do we got? I'm not picking them again until I'm I'm not picking them again. Okay. I'm not doing it. I'm not. They have to they and I'm not even picking them after this week because if they beat the Rams, they're t- they have to show me consistently. I'm not picking them. I don't know what the score is going to be, but they're going to they're going to they're going to lose. That's that's my <laughs> prediction. That's where no. I am next year. I'm emotionally terrorized. <laughs> Loss. All right, Brian. Uh I'm going to go 4 and 4 this week. <laughs> and I'm going to keep my pattern going. I can't pick <laughs> I can't pick against them. Uh I don't have it in me. I, I am not from the East Coast. Um, there's a so which, angry. Which, which, by the way, there is uh, a uh, musical artist named Noah Khan who just released an album last week. And in one of the songs, he says uh, one of the lines is I mean, because I grew up in New England. I'm like, that's such a good line. But anyway, regardless, um, I'm, I, I, I think their their regular season dominance continues. Uh, I don't think it's going to be pretty. I think it's going to be a dogfight. And I think it's probably going to be low scoring. So I'm going to say uh, 49ers 20, Rams will go Rams 17. I'm going to drive you guys up the wall right now. This wall behind me, I'm going to drive you up that wall behind me. They're going to tie. Oh, no. Oh, man. How are they going to tie? They're going to tie. And we're going to come on this podcast and be like, what are we going to talk about? Just for the content, I'm going to say they're going to tie. And everybody watching this and be like, Zane, you dumbass. But hey, man, <laughs> I, I don't know what they are. I don't know if they're going to win or lose. So I'm just going to say they're going to tie. Like they're going to go three, four, and for however, three, four, and six One. the rest of the way. No, th- the rest of the way, three, four, and six. Oh. Six ties the rest of the way after this, right? Like, oh, my or seven goodness. ties or whatever it is after this. Uh, I can't say anything <laughs> would surprise me at this point. So, you know. uh, uh, all right. Well, we'll be back, guys, to break it all down as usual for Brian and Zane and Sadell. Peace. Later. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 